Town Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Cowboy had some nice things to say about Brock Purdy, believe it or not. Before we get to that, hey, I know we're talking about football. Baseball season ain't over yet, okay? Look at the Giants oh. today, Chris Watkins. <laughs> Look at the Giants. Yeah. Exciting. Kyle Harrison gives up four in the first. The Giants come back and win. I was and just extras. crapping on them too. I know. I was just saying they're like sputtering off into the offseason. Oh, they're... don't think they weren't listening. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, five and one in this uh, in this little homestand here. And uh, you know the key to that homestand? What's that? They played the Rockies and they played the Guardians. Hey man, you just and play they who's in took front of advantage. you. You just play who's in front of you. I mean, they've played worse teams before. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where we were talking about that weekend sweep of the A's, that two game. Uh, two-game matchup with them, like, you know, you, you got to – just because you play easy opponents doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, you know, you're going to beat them all the time. So, it's uh, it's encouraging, 5-1 and one in this homestand. And now they go, well, I believe I saw Tim Kawakami say 11-game road uh, road trip heading here for the Giants where, uh, yeah, they're going to face some uh, some good divisional competition. I believe they play the Rockies and the, uh, the Dodgers in this stand. So, uh, yeah, it's Colorado, Arizona, and then L.A. Oh, the Arizona, yeah, yeah, those are big big games, obviously. Big the game. Giants with three in the eighth today and then walking it off in the tenth. You said Lamont, it was Lamont Wade. Wade. Yeah, had a nice little late sacrifice. Late night fly. or late afternoon Lamont. So yeah. the Giants win <laughs> 75 and 71, and that leaves them as we speak here, according to MLB.com right now, one game out of the third wild card right. currently held by Arizona. And Arizona and the Mets are just going to get going here in a little bit. Right. So, so as you mentioned, too, I mean, that Arizona series is – going to be huge it's going to be really big if the Giants can uh can pick up a couple games there obviously those wins almost kind of count as double because they're wins for you sure. and losses for the team up there mm-hmm. so a uh, really big series coming up bit of a jumble Philadelphia number one in the wild card yeah. then the Cubs and then Arizona so Cincinnati and the Giants are right behind Arizona they're tied one game out then Miami's in there at 74 and 71 Woo. and so they're a game and a half Sorry, half game behind the Giants so crazy jumble there this is what baseball wanted right by adding in an extra wild card like this is uh this is kind of the this is this is meant to be exciting for baseball that's the uh, idea we'll see we'll see how it ends up closing out three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two oh eleven forty let's talk to joe here on sackdown sports joe thanks for hanging on you're on with whitey and watkins what's up what's up guys whitey welcome back man thank you Thank you. Glad you're back on the air. Watkins, uh, thanks for making Armstead the man that he is, I guess. Absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Hey, but every time we, uh, me and friends or anybody has a conversation about Sacramento football players, my man Malcolm Floyd for the San Diego Chargers, mm. he never gets no play. Not the one. His older brother's name was Malcolm Floyd. He played for the Oilers. But the, his younger brother, Malcolm Floyd, from Wyoming, he went to River City High School in West Sac. I just think, uh, yes, sir. It, was, it wasn't a great high school football team, but, hey, somebody made it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice, Joe. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, do you want to talk to JR after what he did to you yesterday? <laughs> did he win caller of the day yesterday yes, or caller of the day? Okay, then I think yes. we got to give it to Here's him. Here's yesterday's caller of the day, JR. Hello, JR. Hey, happy National Peanut Day, boys. Thank you. How Thank are you, you doing? Splendid. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wearing my leather helmet around as the call of the day from yesterday. <laughs> Getting some looks. I'm also wearing a mask, so it works out well. Good. good. Hey, uh, don't be cursing my Giants. Okay, <laughs> you two talking about them. I don't do that. 
I was going to say the best thing we could do is play the Padres that one series about two weeks ago, and then they freaking lost three or four. Hey, speaking you know of National I mean? Peanut Day, Kyle Harrison got yes. shelled in the first inning. Uh, <laughs> Whitey. Such a good Vallejo comic. Vallejo. Well, what can we do for uh, you? Well, two thousand real quick, 2010, you remember when they were the last wild card in? You know what happened in 2010, right? You guys yeah, have memory, right? Okay, so. that's good. Yeah, yeah. Why well, you want to mess with Eric Armstead? So, as you know, caller by day, coach at night. Yeah. I coached that, you know, eighth grade team when we won the junior midget sure. champion. I don't remember seeing a Watkins out there, the blanket, <laughs> as they referred to him, laying right. on the ground. But yeah. I, that's what they well, say, coaches. Is, you know, how are we going to get to the quarterback? Think of that blanket over there. It's like, wow, we're just going to have to tackle the other side. It. Yeah. Yep. And he would d- dump the whole Gatorade on him and then go out there and they look at the wet blanket and they, they got him covered, right? Yep. Yep. So, you know what, though? If you would have kept pursuing your career, Watkins, you easily could start for the Vikings on the offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, girls. with that, he's oh, gone. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I probably could have honestly. I mean, at this at at the rate that that defense for an offensive lineman, the wet blanket. Yes, I thought so too. Uh, If only, yeah, if only my that nickname would have came earlier. Maybe I could have done something with my wet blanket. This guy is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it really is a great nickname. It feels like somebody (laughs) who just like swarm, you know, just takes up all the space. Like it maybe could be Eric Armstead. Maybe I can pass that nickname to him since uh if know. i was an offensive lineman and i never played it and i'm not nowhere you I'm look nowhere like you enough, could be an offensive would, lineman. yeah sure yeah if i would never play it but if i did i think i would hold every time every time every single time like I, i'm not saying i would want to but it just be I, I can i can totally relate when you see a guy it's really hard and he's just hanging on with his arm around a guy's neck hoping nobody sees yeah. i feel like that would be me virtually every play i mean people hold every play to an extent like it's really like how they teach you to pass protect is essentially just shoving people and that doesn't work like that doesn't work very well you can't just like keep pushing people and your force is like it you can to an extent i would grab a lot of jersey right here it's about how you do it yeah you got to keep them close and and you know grabbing that jersey right there yeah i could you know there's there's tricks to the trade for sure but uh it's tough. It's really, really tough to be an offensive lineman. It's also just not fun. Like, uh, you know, as somebody who had to play offensive line just to do offensive drills, like, it's not, it's just, you know, it's not being a receiver where, yeah, you're essentially, you're playing the game of football. You're essentially playing catch, running back, you know, there's some fun. There's a little bit of fun in playing running back. But, like, offensive line, you're just taking steps to your left and going against people who are incredibly fast or incredibly strong. And it's, it's a a lot of pressure on you as well. It's like, if you mess up the entire play doesn't work. And it's very obvious on film when you mess up and there's not really many positions like that. I remember playing pop Warner and we had, we ran a single, I think we ran a single wing and I was uh, like, I was a back, but I was protecting, I was blocking pass protect. And so this linebacker blitzes, and this guy was way bigger than yeah. me. And he, I was right where I was supposed to be, but he just totally ran just, me over. Yeah, just yes. totally. Like, and I remember, doesn't like, break stride. Like I remember, like, whoa, there's my feet in the air, you know, on my back, just <laughs> yeah. like literally, like bowled yeah. over. And we get up, and I guess the guy tripped over me, and we get up, and he goes, "Hey, good, good block. block." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't come in here." Uh, again. <laughs> I'm just a football player, man. You know. <laughs> Any means necessary. If he ran around me instead of over me, he, I would have had no chance. But. You know what Gene Skeletor would have said, right? What's that? That's tripping. <laughs> There's no. Uh, Gleason gets that knocked was over. That's a tripping yes. call. <laughs> 
Gene Skeletor. Thank you, Gene. Uh, appreciate that. You can't do that. <laughs> Gene, I can Gene ran right over me. I was just standing there. It's tripping. <laughs> rules are rules. Okay. Them's the breaks. Okay. Um, Sorry. Micah Parsons. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Is one of those now who is a Brock Purdy believer. Micah Parsons, yeah, that's right, of the Cowboys. That Micah Parsons? He's on his podcast, as you know, The Edge with Micah Parsons. Of course. And here's what he has to say about 49er quarterback Brock Purdy. And I just don't think that we should sleep on Brock Purdy no more. Yes, he was a seventh-round pick. Yes, he came in late in the season and won six straight games, took him to the NFC Championship before his injury. But Purdy, you would not be slept on no more, brother. I think people are coming for you the same way they come for Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you are surrounded by a great team, but you are playing your butt off. And uh, you got one hell of a story, brother. And uh, you got one hell of a story, brother. Um, If we were to rank Purdy right now, I would put Purdy around. I think Purdy's a top 15 quarterback. There's things that we still want to see from Purdy. Not when Purdy's winning, but when Purdy's down. You know, I think the adversity aspect of the football game is huge. Learning how to play from behind, learning situational football. Um, it's not something I'm saying he can't do. It's just something that we just haven't seen yet. I think it's very well said. I agree Incredibly with just about all well that said, yeah. by uh, the great, and he truly is outstanding. He's Mike, ridiculous. Micah Parsons. Yeah, might be the best defender in the NFL. And, like, that's that's seriously high praise coming from a guy like him. Like, he, he, he – He's a monster. Like <laughs> Michael Parsons, seriously, might be the best defensive player in the NFL for the next ten years. And he was second last year defense player of the year to Nick Bosa. To Nick but Bosa, right? Go ahead, Viking fan. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> I, I just think it's a it's a massive compliment. And uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything he said, especially the fact that you know we just haven't seen what Brock Purdy looks like coming from behind. And I think that's that's kind of the last level to unlock, I think, for, for Brock Purdy to, as Micah Parsons put, no longer be slept on. Is people just – that's really the last excuse people have is, you know, that, that he can't make plays and come back from behind. And we just need to see it. I was looking there. I figured, hmm, there's got to be kind of a backhanded compliment there. And at first I said, oh, he says he's top 15. But when you think about it, He's saying he's top fifteen. That's not. He's not saying he's fifteenth. Right. He's saying he's top fifteen. Yeah. Uh, well, high that's praise. A compliment. Yes. Considering yes. You know, I mean, we I just agree. read that quarterback power ranking or whatever, and they still have you know even the the Mike Sando uh, yeah. executive interview or uh, executive uh, survey had Brock Purdy around twenty four. I think so. It sounds to me like a lot of outsiders view Brock Purdy more in the twenties and. No, it might not sound like a compliment, but I think having him in the top 15 where, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of really talented young guys in the NFL. I think that's a compliment for mm-hmm. sure. And as far as, oh, we got to see what happens when things aren't going well. Yeah. Fair enough. But, you know, the way he handled himself after the injury. Yeah. That's adversity, too. Not the yes, type very that we talk about um, Micah Parsons, but he handled himself very well through all that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I will push back on one thing Micah Parsons said. What's that? <laughs> I don't think people are are going at him the same way they're going at Rodgers or Mahomes. Oh, come on. Of course they are. I don't think so. I don't think teams are game planning for Brock Purdy the same way they game plan for those two guys. You know, again, though, I think that's more pointing at the fact that Parsons is trying to make a compliment. But, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy's playing really well. He's not, you know, game plans are not being focused around Brock. I think it's being surrounded around the the playmakers. And then they got Ayuk as an offensive player of the 
week. Yeah. And I got another one. And it's not like we didn't know Ayuk was good, but now it's like, okay, right. he's getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's not Brock Purdy's fault that he's got all these great weapons. It's not. No, it's really not. And it's, it's something that probably shouldn't be used against him. I mean, again, I say you only play who's in front of you. You can only play with who's on your team. Like, it's not his fault that he was put in this great situation to win. I don't think he should be criticized for being in the Niner system when that's the system he's going to be in. Just compare what Micah Parsons said to what uh, Rex Ryan said yesterday. I'm going with Micah yeah, Parsons. Yeah, I'm going with Micah Parsons. Uh, bold Kings predictions of the day. Our next Whitey and Watkins Sackdown Sports. the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for the participation. 339-1140, uh, You can give us a call, shoot us a text from the 916. Ken O'Brien, we were just talking about Ken O'Brien. Yes. I know his brother-in-law, Bill Horenda, and, and, his, and his sister, uh, wonderful people. I think yes. they're currently in L.A. But anyway... Uh, Ken O'Brien got two shout-outs from Peyton on the Manning cast. All did right. he really? I didn't know that. Wow. I, I did not know that. I wonder that. for what reason. That's incredible. Wow, mm-hmm. that's so random. He was an outstanding quarterback. I mean, he must have been. Probably because they were talking about the Jets, so that's probably why he came Ah, uh, yeah, that would make some sense. So, like, how did – you were around for for that time. Like, how did he get you make it so, sound like it was, like, 1947 or something. I mean, I just wasn't there. So, it's more just uh, – like, how did he get so – hyped up like how did people hear about him at uc davis um because of the coaching staff there and he had the size and he was just a classic um you know frame wise right how big he was and he was smart going there and they just had a really good program there uh and a lot of people i remember when he got drafted by the jets there were a lot of people in new york going wait right what from where exactly yeah because that's the thing is like i understand how in this day and age you know we find out about Josh Allen at at where did he, he went to? Did he he didn't go to North Dakota. He went to Wyoming. Uh, you know, even Trey Lance. You know, is, is somebody Carson Wentz. They both went to North Dakota. I can understand how in this day and age you pretty much hear about everybody, but I just I, it's really surprising to me that he would get enough hype at UC Davis to get. Uh, what, he was like a top five pick, right? It was an incredibly high pick, wasn't he? Uh, yes, he was. Let me check yeah. on that. But, uh, yeah, he certainly was. And he was, I believe he was a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. So, he, you know, he, he was excellent. He was very good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, wow, he uh, like is 20, from oh, Round one, pick 24. 24. Okay. I mean, even yeah. then, that's that still feels high for a guy from UC Davis. That's got to um, be the highest that ever. Carmichael, California. Carmichael, yeah. yeah went to uh, – my high school rival Jesuit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a Sacramento guy through and through. Didn't know that. So, that's a uh, – I mean, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I know that Sac State just had uh, a linebacker taken in the third round by the Patriots. He's supposed to be uh, kind of the a really, you know, big player for them this year. So, he might be the uh, next one up. I'm pretty sure UCLA has a linebacker who's from Sacramento who's went to Alabama and is supposed to be a, a top pick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – did I ever tell you my story about playing basketball against Christian Brothers? No. Okay, because no, I was I was in the ninth grade. I was at yeah. Vallejo Junior High because high school in Vallejo, I don't know what it is now, but then it was like 10, 11, 12. Oh, so okay. it was ninth grade, okay. junior high, and we're playing in a basketball tournament in Woodland against Christian Brothers. Uh-huh. And I'm stupid, I guess. I thought, you know, Christian Brothers, that must be their Christian, right? Yes. It's just a really, yeah, that must be really good 
Christian kids. kids. Yeah. So we're playing, and this guy did. I don't even remember what he did. I said, "Hey, nice shot." He goes, "Hey, f you, buddy." I was like, <laughs> oh, you thought you were going to be playing a bunch of aspiring well, priests? I, I, I literally, I wasn't trash talking. I was like, hey, yeah. nice shot. And I get that. It's like, wow. That's the Franco might composite. be Christian, but it's also South Sac. So yes. you have to remember that. Good that point. Was, that yeah. was my lesson it's, at that yeah, time. It's, it's deep in there. So, yeah, I mean, let me tell I can tell you that just because you go to Christian Brothers, that's does not my mean that you're a, uh, a good kid. There's tons of good kids oh, over there. But uh, when I tell my high school stories, because I went to like a tiny Christian school, people yeah. are like, what? Horror yeah. stories. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I've heard a couple from Chris, and it's like, you played on like uh, like you guys had carpet in your gym and stuff. Not in you? our gym. We played at Mather yeah. Air Force Base, so we had like a real gym, but we played on carpets at other places. <laughs> Yuba, I think, is Yuba Christian had Faith Christian had carpets. That's I'm hard. actually, or maybe New Life, one of them. What do you think of this? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And then in Woodland, it was a barn. Woodland Christian had like a barn what? where they had what? rubber floors. The tart, <laughs> like thing. a field of dreams kind of look. <laughs> no, like it's like no, like it's just like it's like an old warehouse basically. Oh my god, that's incredible. So uh, it'd be like November yeah. and like 36 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. No. When I was coaching girls basketball yeah. um, at uh, Our Lady of the Assumption, yeah, we played. I forget the name of the school, so I don't want to say it because I I, I I don't want to get it wrong. But they had it was like an inflatable thing was there. Oh no, where they played? Oh, bubble. The, yeah. What? And, but they also I think had some services in there. Literally, part of the altar was on in play. <laughs> Wait. Literally, Wait. part of the altar because it was it was up, and yeah. you know, there were steps. Yeah. So part of it where you would step onto it, it was on the court, just barely. Yeah, but, but it, it was, was on. a part. It was in play. Yeah, because it wasn't a very big. <laughs> How does that happen? He's about to see this jump shot. Yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? Like, so it's like in like a you know like a wedding hall. You know how they they'll have like tents for weddings and stuff out. Did it look like that? Like you said, like when you describe it as an inflatable setup, is it like that or is it? Uh, well, it was it was a big glorified inflatable tent. Wow. No, I never played in anything like that. You guys like need that. some water? No, it's the communion water. Yeah, that's no. The, that's the holy water. No, no. We're saving that. <laughs> God. Yeah, I never played in anything that bad. I mean, St. Anthony's Church had carpets in it, but I don't think we ever played at St. Anthony. In just- middle school at one of the at the uh, schools that we played, there was no out of bounds. So what? like <laughs> Like, out of bounds is like six inches like around. So like... So the bench was in play, and okay. all of the all of the uh, uh, all of the um, parents. There was like a stage because they would have stages sure. for like plays and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. That's where the parents would sit <laughs> was on the stage. Wow. But was it like an honor system, or was it just the no out of bounds, just just play through it? No, there was out of it. Like it, once again, it was like six. So there was a line. So like if you hit it off against a wall or whatever, that's out of bounds, and then gotcha. you would take it out. Around the area, where the <laughs> so there's just no the space for it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I played in a couple of those. Uh-huh. Those aren't great. Hey, that's part of the fun of it. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, sometimes what youth sports has to go through. But, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. It, it makes for great stories. Are you ready? Speaking of basketball, for my <laughs> bold king's prediction of the day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or do you want to go first? Uh, 
I'll go first. Let's okay, go I'll ahead. Go first. Fire. Mine is, and uh, I told you before the break, I kind of was holding off on doing this, but it's just something I've been feeling the past couple days. And I think it was De'Aaron Fox talking with Deuce and Mo. It just hyped me up so much to where I'm tired of being a doubter, Whitey. I'm tired of trying to say, temper my expectations and, and sound logical and reasonable. The Kings are going to win 50 games next year. Wow. They're going to win more games than they won last year, and they're going to eclipse that 50-game total. They're going to win 50-plus games next year. Nice. I can just feel it. I don't know. It's just it, people doubting them again. Even me, I've been saying, you know, they might win less games, but be a better overall team. That's forget what I all, said. Forget all. I've said it, too. Me, no, I've that. said it, too. And uh, it's just, why? Why? It's like just everybody doubted this team last year. They're the same team, if not better, with more additions. You're going to like my prediction then. Let's hear it. Yes. Thank you for that. Uh, the Kings open against Utah on the 25th, correct? Yeah. That's a win. Yep. 27th, they are home against Golden State. That's a That's win. That's a win, yep. Then they're home to the Lakers. That's a win. That's a win, yeah. At Golden State, November 1st, win. Yep. They go to Houston wow. for two, win, win. Wow. Wait. They play Portland. That's a win. Whoa. November 10th against Oklahoma City. <laughs> that is a victory. Okay. November Slow 13th, Cleveland. That's a win. Oh, my they goodness. They will win their first nine games before, unfortunately, succumbing to the Lakers at L.A. November 15th on a controversial call that will clearly be the wrong call that will go against the Kings. Kings will win their first nine games. They will go 9-0 and to start this season. Whoa. Nine and oh. Whoa. That is my bold prediction I was of the day. not ready for that. I'm glad that Tell you me made me go first. I'm so, really But glad. wait, wait. How how are the Lakers going to win? They're going to win on at the end of the game. It's going to be overtime. There's going to be a controversial call. I can I can get more details on this if you want. It was painful for me. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers are going to win on a controversial call, an obvious wrong call that goes against the Kings. Last rules two minute rules. He was just setting that. He up. was. That's the only reason he asked. It's two minute. It's going to come down to the two minute report. So two minute report will say, "Oh, yeah, that was a Our mistaken bad. call. Yeah, foul on Sabonis should not have been called. Right. This game has an asterisk on it. <laughs> should be ten and zero Kings. That's wonderful. I mean, I was only as bold to say I think I said they're going to start three and zero. I wasn't even considering That's nothing. Nine. That's nothing. That's just the start of it. We may never lose again. Can't wait, and I'm glad that the first loss is on the road, not at home. So oh, of course, that'll be incredible. I mean, uh, Chris, you said that stupid. the Kings will be ten games over 500 at home this season. I'm not sure. seeing a. I said that they were going to. Oh, oh here it is. Here Golden it is. The Kings State. will yeah. not. Oh yeah. wait, nope, nope. Kings will not win, uh, lose more than three games in a row next season. No, I said that they would start the season by beating Utah. Then that weekend would be incredible because Friday is a win against Golden State, and then Sunday will be a win against the Lakers. Yeah, Chris doesn't seem to be able to find it. Well, maybe I'll use that tomorrow. <laughs> we'll get that on. That the would list. be a good one. Yeah, I'm ninety nine point eight percent sure that I've said it before. Maybe it might have been one of your first ones because I unfortunately I missed the first couple of ones. Okay, so. so. Well, okay. we know what my prediction will be for tomorrow. All right. Up next year. Well, now you know, it feels like nothing. So, actually, the, I have to, I can't. I need to come up with a new one. The NBA's got the new player participation rules. They were approved today. Tell you what worries teams the most about these new rules next. Whitey and Watkins. That's right. King's going to start 9-0. Sackdown Sports. your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins. On Sacktown Sports.
The basketball world is still reeling from our bold Kings predictions. Chris Watkins, Whitey Gleason, you said 50 wins easy. I easy. said the Kings going to win their first nine wow. games this year. That almost sounds like you agree with my prediction. I mean, if they're going to start 9-0. and or I can't only because then I would be contradicting a previous prediction sure. I made. Okay. You know, and I, we can't be going in. Right. It cross purposes because then it's not fair to go. See, I was right. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I said the Kings are going to win over fifty and under forty eight. Yes. And it's like okay, right, sure. Uh, three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. We may have another bold Kings prediction here from Doug Sackdown Sports. Hello, Doug. What do you got? Oh, gentlemen, how are you? <laughs> Great. Fine. What's up, Doug? Good. Hey, I have a uh, um, how I think I'm not sure who said it. Why do you mind have said it? But if you go in and you win 75% of your home games and you go 500 on the road, you end up with 52 wins. And if you look at the uh, – so it's 52 and 30. If you look at the games we had last year that were close games that we ended up losing and ones that, uh, you know, that those are ones we could have won. So I, I like that number of 52, and that, that gets us uh, plus four from last year. That's my prediction, and I hope I'm right. Thank you, Doug. Oh. 52. Yeah, and calling the, the home road split, too. I mean, it would be big. I mean, they were they were really good on the road last year, but pretty mediocre at home. You would figure that. It's just startling. It just doesn't make any sense. There's there's really no explanation for it, and I think uh, Deuce was always pointing out the number that I think they're like ninth in defensive rating on the road as well. Deuce so, Mason? Deuce Mason, yeah. That guy had, had a great point, actually. And Deuce's bold Kings prediction for the season was the Kings will be a top 15 defensive team. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's 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 a lot of hope that this team can be better. I mean, there's a lot of numbers that, yeah, you can point at. If they're just better at home, you would guess that their record would be better. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I feel really confident that they will uh, have a really good season. But uh, I think it's just kind of how good it'll be. The NBA today approved – the new rules on resting stars. How's it going to work? We don't know that it is going to work. But we went over these yesterday. Basically, they are rules uh, designed to incentivize teams to play their their best players more often, certainly for tournament games and nationally televised games. Yep. I think that's part of the subtext of this is we want to make sure teams take the tournament, the in-season tournament, seriously. Yes. That's the main point. I mean, yeah, there's, there's not, it's not a coincidence that the NBA finally enforced some rules towards uh, load management the season that they start this in-season tournament. Like, that is, that is 100% intentional. It's interesting, too, because they have rules uh, concerning what you're allowed and not allowed to do with your star player. Right. What's a star player? It is defined in this rule, and we talked about that a little bit yesterday. But it's interesting because as um, – as Emil and Jay Ross today pointed out, by and I think maybe it was Brendan Nunes who made this point on their show, by these rules that the NBA has laid out, Russell Westbrook's not a star player this year. Right? Yeah, he hasn't Paul made George an and Kawhi game. Leonard are, but Russ is not a star. Yep, he has not made an All Star game in the last three years, or an all. I forgot about the All NBA as well, but uh, yeah, I mean with these new rules, like he's technically not still viewed as a star, which is. Which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I mean, there's going to happen. There's going to be some yeah. gray area there. and You're right. Yeah, some inconsistencies. Here's one of the things that teams are really worried about with these rules. The main concern, according to ESPN, comes from what happens when a team determines that a star player is healthy enough to play in a back-to-back game. Okay? So you got back-to-backs. Yep. Star's like, I'm good. All right. we're Yeah, all right. We'll play you. Then the player determines he's sore and he needs rest. 
Okay. Uh, the player participation, it's not a collectively bargained rule, so the team, not the player, will get fined if the rule is violated. So what if? What do you do if you, well, he's healthy, but he needs to rest. Yeah, so they're saying, too bad, play through it. Essentially, yeah, is what or the we will look do. into it, you could be fined. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that feels like a slippery slope, and also just not, you know, we were talking about player safety, and we talk about player safety a lot with football, but... To an extent, like basketball still needs yes. to be considered as well. That's it. The the I know for a lot of us it's it doesn't make sense. And players used to play and you have a game you're supposed to play because mm-hmm. you're a basketball player and players play the game. But the NBA teams, they are really advanced in their use of sports science yeah. to monitor the workloads and they're afraid there are gonna be times when their their medical people say, Okay, uh, Watkins uh wet wet be he <laughs> Played last night, but he. Wetty B. Yeah, we can show you the numbers. He needs to rest tonight, uh, or he's uh, at yeah. greater risk. And it's like, well, we can't rest him. Well, you better, because uh, he's at risk for injury. Well, but right. we can't by these rules. So that's one of the things that the league is concerned about. Yeah, and I wonder how much some of these concerns are legitimate, whether we agree with them or not. Yeah, I wonder like how teams are going to try and get around this. Will it be like, oh, okay, he start like you remember uh, who was it? Was it Giannis or? Uh, some I think it might have been Mikhail Bridges like checked into the 83rd game and then immediately checked out. Like, are people going to do that so that by the letter of the law he played, he started, but he didn't play like for 47 minutes? Is it going to be you know, or maybe this question. maybe it could implement like a new strategy where you know maybe there be some nights where star players come off the bench and play I think like I 15 have the answer minutes. To that it's a great Please question. Do. A player will be considered to have played in a regular season game if he played at least 20 minutes of such game. Though he can okay. count two games in which he fell short of 20 minutes toward the 65 if he played at least 15 minutes. So they have um, uh, some kind of minutes. Numbers. Here. Numbers. numbers. Yeah. Numbers, numbers, numbers. But as far as the back-to-backs, again, uh, one team told ESPN, what happens? We got stu- two star players, two star players. They play 45 minutes in an overtime game on the first night of a back-to-back. Sure. The data and the medical people say they have to rest the next game. Yeah. Um, but by the rules, uh, these new rules, they both are required to play in the game because they're not injured. What's, we're, we'll yeah. play them. I guess we have to play them, but it's not smart for us to do so. So what really is the benefit of the right. rule? Yeah, and this is also taking nuance out of the equation, too, where it's like, what if somebody's coming back from a really serious injury? Like, a, what if you're dealing with a hamstring and – you're slowly trying to integrate yourself. Like our team's going to have to say, well, we would love to play. You use the back-to-back example. We'd love to play De'Aaron Fox on the first night of a back-to-back, but rest him the second. But with these new rules, maybe we'll just sit him out for both back-to-backs and he'll be out for both of those games instead of at least trying to contribute in one of them. It might end up actually hurting the NBA in the sense of players will truly rest until they're 100% healthy and you might end up missing more games than what you would without these rules. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of these, wait a minute, what? And there's going to be, well, how come so-and-so's not playing? Well, he got an exemption because he right. played this many minutes, and or and he's also right. uh, six months ago to the day he had an injury. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be, ah. Are rookies exempt from this rule too? I guess mm. so, right? I guess they actually would be. Like Victor Wembanyama isn't an all-star. He's and not he an all-star. He hasn't been named to any of the all-NBA teams, so – Rookies, I guess, are just completely exempt. It's a good question. And I guess first and second year guys as well, as long as you haven't made any of those I suppose, teams. That's, I haven't looked. Yeah. So like Paolo Bancaro, like Paolo Bancaro doesn't fit in this in this mold of of star players sitting. 
I don't know. Um, it's just interesting. Unless guess, they include all rookie teams as all league, which I don't, uh, they don't could, that I know but of. It shouldn't. Yes. And by the way, this is something interesting that we we talked about this on the crossover. We weren't aware of this. Um, one of the things we've talked about with Wimban Yama and whether he'll be rookie of the year is, well, he's got to play 65 games. Right. But it turns out he doesn't because the 65-game yeah. stipulation does not apply to rookie of the year or any of the all-rookie teams. Why? I have Why? no idea. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know, but we found that out today. It makes no sense at all. I don't understand why it shouldn't apply for the rookies. Like, I understand maybe, you know, maybe some rookies don't get in until later in the year, but it feels like you should just have it as a, a blanket policy to me. It feels like. <laughs> blanket policy. Very good. Very good. It feels, yeah, I mean, it just feels wrong. I don't know. Well, snap out of it because coming up here, <laughs> the Factor Fantasy Showdown. I'm hurt by it. Yeah. I'm who hurt. Is, who is the NFL sneaky surprise team this year? The answer in the Factor Fantasy Showdown. Chris and I head to head on today's hottest topics. I need to break your streak. It's Next. getting ridiculous. Dream on. Sacktown Sports. your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey and Watkins. On Sacktown Sports. For a showdown. Showdown. Back to fantasy showdown time. I'm sorry, I don't know where the crown of... Did they strip it from us? I actually do not see it. I actually don't either. And which is Maybe the JR Bay actually took it. has the crown of superior. Okay, thank you, thank you. That, of course, is... There we go. Yes, fine. Um, as it should be. Yes, it's Chris Watkins and I, Whitey Gleason, head-to-head on today's Hottest Topics. You've become uh, attached to that thing, huh? Yeah, I have. Yeah. A little bit. Starting to talk to you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Whitey. It's like the ring from uh, Lord of the Rings or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it feels like it. It might happen to you, yeah. too. If you yeah, ever your references are out of control. <laughs> Everyone knows that. If you ever win it, you might. It might happen to you too. We'll I mean, see. In theory. I hear it's got uh, magical powers. All rise for your judge for today, the Honorable Chris Verlaud. Oh, you may be seated, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you, Your Honor. Pleasure to be here. So, Whitey, you're our winner. So, of course, we're gonna have to start with you. You're probably used to this by now. You know how it goes. So, my question to you is: Brock Purdy is a franchise quarterback. Fact or fantasy? It's a fact, Your Honor. What is wrong yeah. with us? So many people say, "Well, but he, but I need to see. Well, I end in this. Well, well, yeah, but they're so good. Here's the thing: he hasn't lost a regular season start. He's the only guy in the history of the National Football League to win his first six starts while throwing two touchdown passes in each of those games. No one else has ever done that. He also is the first guy ever with a passer rating over 95 in each of his first six games. No one else has ever done that. What else do you want him to do? He wins. He puts up numbers. He leads. He's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, this is a fantasy. (laughs) Brock Purdy is this franchise quarterback. For this franchise, he is their franchise quarterback. But when I hear the term franchise quarterback, I think that that should spread to more than just one team in one very specific situation. Brock Purdy's been blessed with the amount of talent that he has surrounded around him. 
He's also got a great, uh, I'll call him an offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan, who who has schemed up a beautiful offense that we've seen Nick Mullins, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo, we've seen tons of quarterbacks succeed underneath this system, including Matt Ryan, who had the best year of his career. Is Brock Purdy playing well? Yes. But does this mean that this would translate to every other team in the NFL? I'm just going to have to say no. I haven't seen enough of the individual moments of brilliance to say that he would just translate to any team. You know, I was about to say, Watkins, you are out of your mind. But once you explained it, I agree with you. I I think you are right. I don't know if he could have this type of success in every system in the NFL. You want to put Brock Purdy in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes? Get out of here. Come on, dude. Seriously. Okay, so we're going to start with you now, Chris. Wait, you didn't say, did he get points? Or you he got, just he got one answer? point. He okay. got one point. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Sounds a little testy over there. Thank- no, I just wanted to make sure I knew what the score was. Thank you, thank you sir, because I also forgot to put this score yes. down. On You're my welcome. Thank you very much. So, Chris, to yeah. you. Yeah. The NFL surprise team this year will be the Falcons, who just won their opener for the first time since 2017. Fact or fantasy? This is, as well, a fantasy. It's just a fantasy. And it really hurts me to say, but if I had to pick a surprise team for this year, I'm going to say it's the Green Bay Packers. I think what the Packers did in week one, uh, Jordan Love looked really good. I know it was against a bad Bears team, but it's a really weak division. And as I've established, I don't think the Lions are the truth this year. And uh, I could see the Packers really putting up a fight all year long. Matt LaFleur is kind of from the same schooling of, of Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. He's done really well in his tenure with the Packers. I, I just kind of feel like this is a really open division, and it's it's up to the Packers to kind of step up to the occasion. NFL surprise team this year will be the Falcons, who just won their opener for the first time since 2017. That is a fact, Your Honor! That's a fact, Jack! Young Mr. Watkins pointed out that the NFC North is a weak division. Well, <laughs> you want a weak division? I have one for you. It's the <laughs> it's the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons won a low-scoring game. Uh, their defense is capable of holding teams down. They run, run, run the ball, which takes pressure off their defense. Also off of their young quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who put up decent numbers, just not a lot of them. But the bottom line is the Falcons get to play uh, six games in the division. Tampa Bay last week amassed 20 points. New Orleans totaled 16 points, and the Panthers scored 10 against the Falcons. So all Atlanta has to do is stay above these very poor to mediocre teams to have a chance to be a surprise team, a surprise contender, and I like their chances to do just that. All right, you guys went against each other. Chris, I think you forgot about the Detroit Lions and the elite quarterback, which Mm. is Jared Goff. Mm, Do you really think the Packers can get past him? Yes. No points for you. We have a tie game, which is unusual. It's, it's usually yeah. one, someone's usually blowing someone out, but yeah. it's really weird that we have a tie game. Nervous. I know. I was expecting to just walk into this one and walk out clean, but uh, I guess I'm going to have to really go for this last point. And this is your final question of okay. the day. Good luck. ESPN.com, Whitey, oh. asks if this is the best baseball season ever. And that's actually a great question. Fact or fantasy? That's a fantasy, Your Honor. Here's why it's not a good question. Baseball now, the baseball season, we don't know how good this season's going to be until the playoffs and the World Series um, transpire because baseball now, the regular season, doesn't mean as much. 
because you get six teams in each league that make the playoffs. So the regular season, it doesn't matter as much. So how good is the season? We won't know until we have the playoffs and the World Series. Yeah, they changed the rules this year. That's been positive. But even things like Otani's been great, but he's hurt right now. So the question is not a decent question until we're at least into the World Series. Right now, it's irrelevant because the regular season does not mean what it used to mean. Yeah, this is a fantasy. It's it's actually not a great question because in order for this to be the best baseball season ever, people would have to watch baseball, and I just I don't feel like anyone's watching baseball. When I say anyone, I mean me. And uh, so yeah, I, I I am not going to say this is the best baseball season ever because I barely watch baseball this year, and for that reason, it just can't be the best. And that's that's all I got. That's all I got for this. That's what you're gonna go with. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with, and I'm sticking by it. Why do you said it wasn't? It's a fantasy because the season is not over, right? Chris, you said it's because the, you're the not regular watching. season doesn't yep. matter as much. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you said it's, it doesn't matter because you don't watch it. Yeah, pretty much. Well, Chris, yeah, I didn't even know that the baseball season was still going on. <laughs> I completely agree with you. You get the point and the win. It has come to an end. I apologize, Whitey, but oh, you, you are not the holder of the crown of superiority. Oh, man, it feels great. All things must pass. <laughs> thank you. I'd thank like you, to thank uh, baseball for being so boring <laughs> and uh, for the viewership to be down as much as it is. It really, uh, it's just, it's incredible how much uh, how I thought much I had a shot died. there when the judge said, that's what you're going with? Yeah. Because I had the same thought. Frankly, <laughs> I did too. I really did too. There was two questions that we have written down here, and I was like, I really hope he doesn't go with the baseball one. And the second he said ESPN.com, I was like, well, I guess Whitey's going to wear the crown again. There you go. Thank you, Your Honor. Yeah, this Thank is you, a Bailiff. sign that I shouldn't give up on the Vikings tomorrow, huh? This is, That's absolutely yeah. what it is. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't smiled this hard in a week. Yeah. It's been great. Oh, Feels good. well done. Feels really good. Might Thank be you. the last time he's mouth for a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably will be. I mean, that was uh, that was not my best effort, but I'll take a win nonetheless. Yeah. Well, that in this court especially, you get the W, you celebrate Yeah, it, exactly. No you celebrate it either way. Yeah, ball bounces funny in this court sometimes. It, <laughs> it's definitely shaped, you know, like a football in this court. Uh-huh. Not, not the quite oblique, The old oblique spheroid. Is that... <laughs> Is that what they call it? That's what I've been told. Oh, okay. For sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, Speaking of, coming up next, Brandon Ayuk. Is he proof that Kyle Shanahan is an excellent NFL head coach? The evidence that says, yes, it is true, is next year. Whitey and today's champion, Mr. Watkins, Sackdown Sports.